Welcome to Happy Hour with the Pasternaks. This podcast is for dream chasers who want to make positive changes, rise above the status quo, and take their marriage, family, and business from surviving to thriving. And we are live, baby. Live, baby. Oh, like we're actually recording. <laughs> got it. You got it? I got it. You I'm got in. It. What you got today, Mark? Today I thought I'd mix it up because I've been doing a lot of wine lately, you know? Yeah. Okay, secret, we actually ran out of wine. <laughs> <laughs> we're not mixing it up. We're just low on our stash. <laughs> Too many happy hours. We're not quite to the place that we have a wine cellar yet. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. We'll see. We'll keep you updated on that one. But today, I just have Hendrix Gin on ice, on a big cube of ice. Classy. <laughs> Listen to that cube jingle. <laughs> what do you got over there? Uh, I am drinking a garage beer. By, Listen to that pop just Listen top. to that pop this top. Um, Braxton. Braxton Brewery. It's in Cincinnati. We were, there was a reel we were watching on Instagram the other day where the guy was like, I don't drink a beer unless I can ride my bike to it. That's how much I value local brewing or something like that. (laughs) So I can't quite ride my bike to Cincinnati, but it's kind of local. It's Ohio local. Cheers. Cheers. See if we can get it. We're kind of far away for it. Cheers. Clink. Clink. All right, Mark, this is a big podcast today. It is a big one. It's a little bit longer probably than some of our other episodes, but it's because this topic is so important to us. Um, And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we wanted to join in that conversation because we have found that it is truly one of the most important things that you can do for yourself and for the people around you that you love is to take care of your own mental health. Exactly. Because for the first four years of our marriage, Nicole thought that I never had a bad day. I really thought that. And truly. (laughs) (laughs) I can't really blame her because for the first four years of our marriage, I rarely ever shared my struggles, any stresses, really any hardships in life. Like I remember the first few months after I shut down my first business feeling extremely vulnerable, right? And just trying to figure out like, what the heck am I going to do next? This is what I thought was going to work out and it, it didn't. And so I was having a particularly hard day and Nicole could tell. She asked me what was going on. And at first, you know, I just said nothing. I just kept pushing it off. And she just kept asking and asking, right, as any good partner does, because she knew something was wrong. And so she just kept asking. (laughs) I just (laughs) kept asking. I wasn't going to let this one slide. Uh Uh-uh. She knew something was going on down deep. And that's when I just broke down. And I just let all the emotions, all the stresses, all the struggles of the last four years just go. And I think like I just unloaded all of this on her probably for like a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her and she was speechless because she never saw me like this before. So I just kind of kept staring at her like waiting for her (laughs) response. Waiting for me to say something. (laughs) And finally, like to my surprise, she just goes, Mark, I just never thought you had a bad day in your life. 
And really, if you have ever met Mark Pasternak, you know how positive of a person he is. I mean, he can turn any frown upside down. He can spin any negative situation and make it a positive. So for him to just break down and let it go, it let it go. He let it go, just like Elsa. Just like Frozen. <laughs> and by let it go, I meant I let the floodgates go like and the Mark tears of crying. four years. It was really relieving. It was probably cathartic. It was very cathartic. But for me, it came so out of left field. It was shocking because up to that point, he never really showed stress externally or processed any of these situations with me. I mean, like he truly would just roll with any punch life threw at him. And so I was confused almost because I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting him to, you know. I thought he just had everything figured out and had it all together all the time and here just I was never just, dealt with anything. Here I was just following this guy blindly <laughs> thinking that he had everything figured out and come to find out he didn't know anything more than I did. <laughs> and that's when we both realized that we needed to make our mental health a priority. We needed to create the space in our relationship to focus on our mental health as individuals, as a couple, and as a family. Because with two very young kids, multiple businesses, and not making much money at the time, we were just trying to survive each day. And we didn't even have the capacity to process our own mental health or the mental health of each other and our family. So clearly for the first four years of our marriage, I didn't understand how mental health, or the lack thereof, was affecting not only my marriage, but also every other area in my life. And when you have so many other people to think about, whether it's your partner or your kids or your clients or your coworkers or your boss or whoever, it's so easy to put yourself last because you think that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like you think, oh, well, my kids need me all the time. So I just have to be okay being needed all the time. But we have found over and over again, the more you actually put yourself first, the more energy and the more of yourself you have to give to everyone else. And there's this amazing analogy called the airplane analogy that I truly go back to all the time, especially in motherhood. When you're traveling with young children on a plane, they'll announce the safety procedures and then they'll even go around to each adult traveling with young children individually and say, in the case of an emergency, make sure you put your mask on first and then assist your children. The reason that they do this is so important because if you are passed out on the ground on the airplane because of lack of oxygen, then there's nobody there to help your kids because everybody else is helping everyone else. If you're just focused on your kids or these other people who are depending on you first, then you're giving everything to them, you're gonna pass out and there's no one there to help them later on. So the same is true in any situation that you're in really with any other people. You have to make sure that you are okay and stable before you can really give to anyone else. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be perfect or never have a bad day like I thought Mark was capable of doing, 
But it means that you have to be aware of your needs and how to fulfill those needs on a regular basis. Absolutely. And another analogy that I always come back to is the bank account analogy, right? Of course, Mark likes the bank account analogy, like (laughs) numbers and all that fancy stuff. (laughs) Math, math, math. Right. But like, say you're running a business, right? And like, this is something that we teach with the other startup we have, Ambitious Filmmaker, right? Is if you're trying to run a business and you have no money in your bank account, then it's going to be very difficult to grow your team, to grow your clients, to grow your business at the end of the day, right? Like we always say, like our clients actually want you to be profitable so that you could be sustainable in your business. So it's the same with the, with the bank account, right? Like if you don't have anything in your bank account, then you can't give, right? You can't access resources, right? You, you can't continue to grow your life. So you have to focus on filling your own bank account first. And this is just so true with mental health. We have to fill our own mental health bank accounts before we can give and fill others. And for me, this comes in the form of spending time first on my personal needs, right? It could be anything from making sure I'm getting enough sleep to running, to playing golf, to going to therapy, to taking medication, to focusing on my nutrition. But for those first four years of our marriage, I pretty much only had two gears in my life. It was either business or family, one or the other. I wasn't aware that mental health applied to me or how taking control of my mental health would actually help me become more successful in every other area of my life. So true. Because oftentimes, especially for us men, right, mental health is viewed kind of as a weakness, right? Not not really as a strength, not really as a tool to succeed, right? And it's not even really something that is normally discussed or explored. Now, I know, you know, the younger generations, it is now becoming more of a normalized conversation, you know, but it hasn't always been that way. I know I thought that for the first four years of our marriage. Or I often would think or tell Nicole that, you know what? Yeah, babe, I support your mental health. But, you know, it's just, it's not really for me or, nah, I'm good. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really need it or I don't need to focus on it. And man, was I wrong though. Pushing it away every day for those four years and probably even before that only made it worse. So that when I was eventually forced to face my mental health, it was a lot more overwhelming than it really needed to be. Totally. I mean, I probably told you for about two years straight to go see a therapist. And it wasn't because I thought there was something wrong with Mark, mm-hmm. but I just knew that he would benefit from processing all these emotions that he was holding inside with somebody who had an outside perspective on his life. And even though I knew she was probably right, it just seemed too hard, right, to make that kind of commitment to myself. Like it was too much of a change. When I finally decided to see a therapist, it was so much easier and more helpful than I even thought. I really don't know why, you know, I waited so long. After the day that I broke down to Nicole, I started rebuilding my mental health. It's been a journey the last five years, no doubt. It's not linear. It's up and down, up and down. Mm -hmm. But with the help of Nicole, good friends, a therapist, and recently getting on medication, I've found a whole new love for life, for my marriage, for my kids, for all these new hobbies that I really never explored 
until the last five years. And, you know, it just has benefited not only me, but everyone around me, you know, and at first it was a mindset shift, right? Because it felt a little selfish, but I soon realized when I started to prioritize my own needs, my own mental health, and started to explore other hobbies and other areas of my life, I became so much more present to Nicole, to our kids, to everyone else. I could truly give all that I had to every situation rather than simply surviving and not giving anything at all. I mean, I think as as an achiever type and as a businessman too, what I've never heard anywhere until I focused on mental health and went to therapy and started doing more hobbies and running and golfing and really just exploring my own mental health, it was the exact time that my business really started to take off. And I'm not saying they're mutually exclusive, but it was a big influence because no longer was I so stressed at work, right? Work was just one of many areas in my life. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point that mental health really helps all areas of your life. I think it's so easy to compartmentalize it and be like, well, mental health, this thing over here. Mm -hmm. But really, if you're feeling healthy and good and happy every day, that's just going to impact everything that you're doing. Um, But early on in our marriage, I feel like we focused on my mental health a little bit first, kind of before Mark had his big Mm -hmm. meltdown conversation. Um, my mental health, I don't know. It just felt maybe a little more pressing. (laughs) I was a little more dramatic about my mental health, a little more outward than Mark. You kind of brought it in day one into our relationship. (laughs) I brought it in day one. Not in a bad way, but you were just, you've been to therapy since you were two. I've always had all the emotions. Apparently I think is what Mark's trying to say. (laughs) No, but truly, I mean, I think I, truly have always been a little more outward about my emotions. And I think in the end, in a positive way, that's really helped both of us. But particularly with all the changes that motherhood brought to my life, whether it was shifting roles or the nonstop hormone changes, holy cow, um, sleep deprivation is obviously huge. All of that really took a toll on me and led to postpartum depression for many years. And when we first had Amelia and I first started experiencing this feeling of like, I don't know, things just aren't quite right. I feel a little bit off. We tried going to my OB first as like the first resource, our first lifeline. And this OB basically laughed off my postpartum depression and said I'd get over it. And like, I smiled in my appointment, so I must be fine. Um, but I did not get over it. Thankfully, I did end up finding a much better OB. But I'm sharing this as a reminder to advocate for yourself. I feel like Um, but I'm sharing this as a reminder to advocate for yourself because if you feel like something is wrong, something is wrong. So find care providers that support you and understand your problems and help you find solutions. Even if that means they're simply referring you to somebody else who can treat your problem better. So after seeing my OB and him telling me nothing was wrong, I did therapy a few times throughout the early years of motherhood, which definitely helped and gave me a lot of tools to deal with these various struggles and just affirmed like, it is hard to be a mom and it's okay that you find this hard and challenging and a big shift. 
Um, so don't let anybody tell you that this is supposed to be easy or perfect mm-hmm. or pretty, but just know that that is normal. And I honestly feel like everyone can benefit from therapy. I, I say that all the time. Like, I think everybody should go see a therapist, no matter where you are in your life. Just because you're going through something doesn't mean like, oh, you have to go to therapy forever. Well, I, and I, I think like, you know, I love bringing this into the business context too, because everybody thinks it's like, oh, it's just, you know, business, you gotta be professional. Which, sure, I get it. But humans are emotional people. We're not logical people. We get to the logic, but we have emotions no matter what human you are. Mm-hmm. And you can try to push those emotions, deny them, push them away, but they're inherent to who we are as a human. So they will eventually come up. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, you need this past trauma to go to therapy or to process your mental health or all of this. No, we all have things that you we can You just need benefit. to be a human. You just need to be a human. Yeah, we absolutely all have things that we can benefit from, from just going and talking to somebody else and validating that our emotions are normal. And going to therapy, it truly just means that you know how to ask for help. But it wasn't until I was pregnant for the fourth time with Joey that my wonderful OBGYN, shout out to Northside Women's Health here in Columbus, noticed... Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, I was expecting that. They're great. They are great. They truly, because they value you as a human and as a patient, and they're seeing all these different aspects, not just like, oh, are you ready to push a baby out? It's the first place that we went to that they value the family as a whole. Yes. Male, female, even though I'm not pushing any baby out, like they support me in supporting Nicole. Yes, absolutely. But they noticed that I just wasn't feeling myself. And for me, I was like, well, I can't tell whether it's just that I'm pregnant with three kids or just that I don't feel well, or maybe it's just all these hormone changes as if all of those reasons aren't valid for (laughs) not feeling great or not feeling myself. I don't know. I thought she was just crazy. (laughs) He he did not. But there are a lot of people out there that think their wives are crazy just because they have hormones changes when they have yeah kids. just because you're pregnant you're crazy like, or you have emotions you're crazy have you ever experienced a hormone change <laughs> it makes you feel crazy it is a legitimate thing that is going to make you feel off and make life a little harder so it was really good for me to talk through my ob and she was so good and she referred me to a fantastic psychiatrist who diagnosed me with major depressive disorder and prescribed me zoloft And honestly, it felt like such a relief because this whole time I thought it was just me. Like I couldn't figure out how to make it through life like everybody else could. But hearing somebody else validate like, no, there's actually an imbalance in your brain and this medication can help you feel better on a regular basis. It took all the pressure off of me and made me realize like, I can feel better. It's the vitamin Z, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We call it vitamin Z. So when I started Zoloft, it felt like I put glasses on for the first time. Mm. I kept saying to Mark, like, is this how normal people Mm. feel all the time? This is amazing. And this isn't to say that everyone needs to be on medication, but... I'm sharing this to demystify the process of working through your mental health and say that it takes time to put all these pieces together to get to a point where you really feel happy and healthy and whole and just truly yourself. Because when you have kids, 
you create a new identity. Yes. And with every kid that we've had, even though I don't go through the hormone changes as a man, my identity changes because I have a new child. I have a new creation that I created. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds wild and existential, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And if you don't process that new identity, then it's very difficult to find that joy, the peace, the love in your life mm-hmm. and in other people's lives. And just the more that we've been able to work on our mental health and our own mental health, the more we've been able to work together on our mental health as a couple. Our relationship has truly flourished. Our marriage has gotten stronger. Our parenting has become easier. I didn't say easy, just easier. (laughs) (laughs) And our fights are a lot shorter and we just don't have them as much. Because just as a business, right, has a vision, mission, and values, so does a thriving family. When we finally worked on our mental health individually and together, we were able to be on the same page about what we wanted the vision of our life to be, what our mission was individually and as a couple and a family, and what we collectively valued. You know, I don't think we could really get to that place until, you know, I took the steps to go through my mental health. And so we could start to have that mental health conversation. I feel like that was a big roadblock in the first couple years of our marriage. It was like Nicole was there, but I wasn't. And so once we kind of broke through that together and focused on our mental health, everything in our marriage really just started to thrive. Absolutely. And it's been really cool over the past couple of years as we've both been learning and growing. We're both constantly reading new books or watching different videos or following different accounts on Instagram that now mental health is just a natural part of our day-to-day conversation. So whether it's sharing a reel we find impactful or reading each other quotes from books, we're constantly learning and growing together. And one of my favorite stories to tell is like there was one day that I was taking a nap before I think we were hosting both of our families for like a cookout later that afternoon. So I was like, I'm just going to lay down for 20 minutes. And Mark comes in and wakes me up and immediately just starts like talking about like inner child healing and all these mental health things. And I was like, I don't know. Anybody who wakes another person up from their nap and immediately starts talking about like trauma therapy. Um, But that is how constant our conversation around mental health is and how normal that's become for us. Because when you have kids, everything about you and your life comes to the surface. Mm -hmm. And if you choose not to process it, it's very difficult to parent in a very healthy way. But when you start to process it, the good and the bad, it doesn't mean you need this like crazy traumatic experience, right? But just to process the way you think, the way you act, what your triggers are and everything like that, then you can be the parent, the type of parent that you really want to be. And now we're constantly trying to help each other's mental health because we know that we're both so much happier when we're taking care of ourselves. So whether it's that one of us wants a nap or to exercise or to go out with friends or to have some personal space, we respect that need and we help each other make that need possible, even if that means shifting around our own time. So now it's not like this competition where we're keeping track, like you got to do these three things, like you got to golf and run and go out with your friend. Now I get to do things. Now we freely support each other's needs because we know that they will be equally supported when we need something as well. 
it really feels like we're just in one of the sweetest spots of our marriage because we're on the same page with our needs, our wants, our goals, and our dreams. Exactly. And because we are on the same page, we're able to give more support and love to our children and their mental health. We now have the space and capacity as individuals and as a couple to recognize and acknowledge the mental health of our children. Four to five years ago, no way, I could not do that. But this trickles down to everything, right? From exploring their gifts and talents to the way they individually best communicate. Because with four kids, each one is unique, and so is their mental health, right? I'm sure if you have more than one kid, even if you have one kid, they're different than your your spouse or your partner, mm-hmm. right? So imagine having four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine having four of them. (laughs) There are just specific needs, just as you have different needs than your partner does. And so when you have a healthy mental health, you're able to recognize the individual needs of each of your children. Absolutely. And with four kids, there are a lot of emotions all the time. It's an understatement. Like a lot of emotions. (laughs) And early on in our parenting, we didn't know how to cope or process with our kids and their emotions because it was so overwhelming to have all these big emotions thrown at you all the time. I mean, truly, it was like, I'm over here trying to process my own emotions. I can't help you like figure out why you're so sad that your red crayon broke. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Just get over it. Just get over it. But we've really seen that the more we work on ourselves and recognize that most of the time, it's not our kids' fault that they're having these emotions. It's really normal that they feel sad about these things or that they feel upset or that they're annoyed that their sister took their toy. Like that's a totally normal thing to be upset about. And when we work on our own emotions, it helps us to recognize our own triggers and help our kids work through their emotions in a healthy way. And just like Dr. Siegel says in The Whole Brain Child, the parent's own growth and development or lack of those impact the child's brain. As parents become more aware and emotionally healthy, their children reap the benefits and rewards and move toward health as well. So I just think that's so important and so huge that when we work on our own mental health, that's one of the biggest impacts on our children's brain development because they're constantly looking at us and processing how we're handling life and how we're handling when things are hard or how we're handling when things are sad. And so when we're working that on that in ourselves, then our kids are learning and growing through that process as well. I mean, I remember early on, you know, Nicole would often say like, am I being a good mom? Like, I just want to be a good mom. And I'd always remind her, like, you are a great mom because you're working on yourself. You know, at first, I don't think she, you really understood, like, what that meant, right? You could say as much stuff as you want to your kids, but your kids see your actions. Mm -hmm. They don't really hear your words. And when you're working on your own mental health and your own life, they see that. Mm -hmm. It was like just a quick example last night. I wasn't my best at <laughs> putting the kids to bed. And I got a little snappy at them because they kept hitting each other, you know. <laughs> and so I, I was just, Amelia and I, our oldest, and she looks at me and she just goes, Daddy, you're in timeout. You don't get to put me to bed tonight because you yelled at me. <laughs> and instead of being like, fine, whatever, I walk away, right? I went into her room. I sat down on the ground. I got on her level. 
And I just told her, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. You're right. That's not okay. I shouldn't be yelling at you just because I feel frustrated about this or that or that. Right? That's all I had intentions of. Mm-hmm. I didn't say like, can I convince you to put you to bed? Can I, you know, <laughs> any of that. And I go in and put the baby to bed. While I'm putting the baby to bed, Amelia creeps into the door and she goes, okay, daddy, I want you to put me to bed. You know, and like... <laughs> but just just that little action of her seeing that Mark realized like, oh, I let my emotions get the best of me. Now I'm calm and can communicate about that. And I'm sorry that I let my emotions get the best of me. First of all, that showed her how to handle her emotions in the future. It's okay to mess up. And that it's okay to mess up. And then Mark took the step to repair that relationship. And that was so powerful to Amelia that she decided that Mark put her to bed again. (laughs) Much to my dismay, I was so excited to put Amelia down and I come in and she's like, no, daddy's putting me to bed. All right. But, you know, wherever you find yourself on the mental health journey today, like, how are you feeling about this? Do you feel happy and healthy? Do you feel whole? Do you feel like you've explored some of these things yourself or in your marriage or even with your kids? And maybe some days you feel on top of it. Maybe some days you don't, or maybe it feels like, you know, you and your partner just can't hit this stride together with your mental health. You know, all of that is totally Mm -hmm. okay. Like Mark said before, mental health is truly a journey that I don't think is really ever complete. Mm -hmm. Mark being the achiever type that he is, I often have to remind him that life is about the journey, not Mm. the destination. Like it's not about getting to some point, but it's about, you know, doing it well along the way. And enjoying the bedtime, enjoying the time when they wake you up early. Right? Yes. Like, of course, that's an inconvenience. At least if that's the perspective that you have, that's what I had for a long time. Well, my kids are inconveniencing me. No, I'm more of an inconvenience to them. <laughs> I'm more in the way of You're their You're getting growth. in the way of them waking up mm-hmm. early and eating whatever snacks they want to eat <laughs> and having a party and watching TV. You're the inconvenience. <laughs> but I think like it just starts... With that, it just starts by taking the first step, right? So don't be afraid to just start. Take the first step. Talk to someone about it, whether it's a friend, a family member, or a therapist. Like I just got on betterhelp.com and we'll link that, you know, in the show notes too. But it was great. But we promise, even though that first step feels hard, it's so much better on the other side. Absolutely. And we'll link all of our favorite resources, books, accounts to follow, podcast, and more in the show notes because we have just found so many things along the way that have helped us. And we just can't wait to share those with you and hope you get started on your mental health journey. You know, and I think before I even got to the point of acceptance of going to therapy, like she said, she probably suggested it at least for two to three years. (laughs) But before that even happened, right, what we did do that I think helped a lot was implement three new strategies into our daily life that was able to help me get out of my survival mode after my business had to be shut down and everything like that. You know, we started doing the dishes every night. We started to sync our calendars together And we started to set up ally savings accounts that was just automated because 
those three areas were a huge stress in our life. So that means it's a huge stress in our mental health. So if you want to learn more about just those simple three strategies that we started with before we even went to the heart of mental health, you can go to thepastornax.com forward slash thriving. Till next time, take care of your mental health, take care of yourself, take care of your partner, take care of your kids. Hide your kids, hide Hide your your life, life. go thrive. (laughs) 